Does your university teach you finance or business at all? Not at all, unfortunately. I don't know any university that does, you know, own a couple clinics here and there, maybe build a dental empire. What are you going to do with this extra capital, you know, that you may have one day? You must listen. Welcome to the Drilling Millions Podcast. The Drilling Millions Podcast. Lessons from some of the most successful dentists on the planet. I want you to deal with your problems by becoming rich. Presented by Sage Dental Partners. Your practice transition team. That escalated quickly. Coming to you from Toronto. Podcasting to the world. Please welcome. Please welcome. Akil Chawla. What up, Drilling Million listeners? This week's episode of the Drilling Millions podcast is with a really good friend of mine. Camilo is someone I've known for quite some time now, and we've had some incredible discussions off camera and off pod about what being a dental student really means, what it has to mean, what the expectations of people are, and how it's wrong a lot of the time. He's just someone who I've meshed really well with, and and I figured he'd be a really great person to bring on the pod and, and share some conversations that we typically have off camera, but share it with everyone on the podcast. Camilo is a dental student as well. He's someone who I consider very similar to myself in that he doesn't really identify as a dental student very strongly and has many side hustles and does numerous things on the side that uh, that occupy his time. He's a brilliant investor, a trader, dabbles in the space of crypto quite a lot. And, and we talk about asset allocation. How do you really uh, position yourself for success? You may have just had a big liquidity event from selling your practice and how that differs from being in your early 20s and, and setting yourself up and perhaps making some of those more Hail Mary positions. So uh, it was a really interesting conversation because we get into the nuances of how both Camila and I manage our time. This episode's really catered to maybe the new grad, the dental student, and you'll notice that it's a bit more of a conversation, and that's intentionally. So shoot me a, a message at Dentistry Poppy if you think, you know, this is something you want to hear more of, if you want to hear more dialogue back and forth. I should mention, to make the lawyers happy, that this isn't financial advice. This is just a conversation between two friends, so take it as you will. But um, it was a really good conversation. I really enjoyed this conversation, so enjoy this episode. So today on the pod, we have my good friend Camilo. Uh, I think when a lot of people talk to me about, you know, being an entrepreneur and, and and having that sort of entrepreneurial gene. I think immediately of of you because I think you're the only other person um I know in dental school that sort of has that same, you know, mindset. So why don't you just sort of take a second and like introduce yourself. Thanks Akil for having me on the pod here. Um so I'm a fourth year dental school uh student. Um so basically I study in Ireland, in Northern Ireland. Um, in Queen's University, Belfast. Yeah, that's basically, I'm, I'm, I'm in the sh- same shoes as you. So there's a, it's a five-year program. So it's the equivalent year that you would be in right now at University of Toronto. So you're third year of four and I'm fourth year of five. It's sort of funny for the listeners how we met. We met in a, so Camila and I met when we, we both went to Western. Um, and I think we both had the ambition to be um, in medical school and him and I both met in an MCAT prep course <laughs> that we we both probably went to 25% of the course and then just dipped. So <laughs> that was a that was a fun time. Do you remember those days? Yeah. It's sort of funny it was, how it was like so long ago, not gonna lie. 
I know, I know. Back when we were little, uh, little uh, youngins in, in at Western, but it's funny that you know how our paths sort of converged again because I don't even know if we spoke that much in the MCAT course. And then once I was in dental school and you were in dental school, we had the same car, and we just started going on cruises and realized that we had a similar sort of mindset. We had our cigar nights, so. <laughs> continued cigar nights (laughs) exactly exactly yeah that basically follows into like our mindsets right so like you said um we started wanting to go to med school for good reason but also we realized that at the end of it all um we also care a lot about our time so freedom and so in terms of that my personal opinion anyways i think dentistry is more allowing of a work-life balance than a doctor than a medical doctor would be. And I think you can agree that that that's, that's true. So we kind of went that route. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, we're still helping people. We still love to help people uh, work with our hands. That's also a re- reason why I went into the field. Um, but at the end of it all, um, we're also very business-minded. So want to own our own clinics you know this that and uh i think that takes us into you know um wanting to you know make ends meet um finding ways to make money and so i think um you know that's followed me throughout even just being in dental school um just trying to find a way you know to like survive you know just not have that strict budget for groceries um, or whatever the case may be. So I've picked up a few side hustles along the way and I'm sure you have as well. So, um, yeah, we can, we can discuss about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think the importance here, um, for people that are in dental school or thinking of going to dental school and maybe who have already graduated, um, is, you know, even beyond, you know, making money in dental school, which is really important. Um, because I think sometimes we get into that, that, that mindset of we're still students and that's sort of the excuse of not, you know, building and not making money when you're in school. Um, you know, an alternate reason is you really need to start developing that financial literacy. You know, you're not going to get from school. Does, does your university teach you finance or, or business at all? Not at all. Unfortunately, no, I don't know any university that, that does this years. No, we get a couple of practice management courses, but there's okay. really nothing in there from what I've heard you know, from, from upper years, that's of really that much relevance or use. Um, right. Now that you mentioned that, I think we do have one lecture at some point in the future that I have heard, but you know, at the end of the day, like you said, not that useful. Um, I think, you know, just real world experience is probably your best bet trial and error. Um, at least try, you know what I mean? That's, it's kind of like the route I would, I would go, but yeah. Yeah. So, so why don't, why don't we talk a little bit about, um, what your, maybe we'll start with one of your side hustles, but, um, let's, let's talk about, I think one of your first loves, which was trading, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say trading became a big part of my life when COVID hit as it would have for many people. Um, I was actually trading slightly earlier than COVID. But I really, really got into it when, you know, we got our clinics started shutting down in dental school. I actually got sent home in my second year of dental school back to Canada because everything was online. So it was optional to be, you know, in Ireland itself. So I went back home and then 
you know, just because you're online, you do have the spare time, you're not wasting time going to school and back. So I really, you know, took the opportunity to really hone in on that, you know, learning, mastering the skill of trading, of day trading in particular. And so that allowed me to, so initially, basically how I did it was just to summarize it really quick. Um, there's what's called funding programs out there. So obviously at the time, didn't have much capital as you would as a student, right? And then there's these funding programs that basically, if you can prove yourself a worthy trade trader to say, to say that the very, very base, um, you would basically be funded a certain amount of money. And then basically on the profit you would make on a certain sized account. So let's say the account size is hundred grand, and then you would make money on that by day trading. You would take a percentage of the profits at the end of the month. And then the other, whatever's remaining, the company would, because they provided you with this funding. And so, yeah, so basically we went, I went off that. Um, I had a bunch of friends that were also involved in it, um, learning as well. Um, trading, we would hop on, you know, morning sessions, you know, just because we had the extra time. And so just doing that over and over on repeat really allowed me to, you know, grasp the skill set that honestly, um, I actually really love and no one can take away really, because it's a skill that's very valuable and, you know, will allow you to like, basically, as I call it, print money out of thin air. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's how I started. And I continue to do that while in dental school. So third year came, fourth year now. Um, yeah, whenever I have the time, I kind of just um, try to look in the morning every time I go to clinic, before I go to clinic, look at the market, what's going on, kind of plan. Then I don't have the time to execute, right? <laughs> um, but usually when I come home, I kind of know the direction of the day and I either see a trade or not. And I take it. That's it. And I'm usually in and out of position on a day to day basis. I don't like to hold things overnight because, you know, with the out of stress of school, you don't want that on the back of your mind either. So we do with what we can. And then some days are lighter than others, you know. So, um, yeah, just that that's how it's been and it's going well. So, yeah. What about yourself? Oh, yikes. Uh, <laughs> I've had a couple of kicks at the can. The first real gig I got when I was in dental school was a, a cup. A company, a couple of companies uh, approached me and they had known that I was a, a management consultant um, in, in my past life. So they had said, okay, we're in the dental space. You're in the dental space. We have a startup and, and you have sort of that consulting experience. Can you come on our team and help us? Um, and you know, what, what I found was really interesting in that particular case um, was I was listening to, you know, Naval, right? I do, yeah. Naval, you listen not personally, but you know his stuff and 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 how he's like the guru of Silicon Valley. Um, and he said this really impactful quote to me, which was, or he had this really impactful um quote, which was, you'll never get rich trading time for money. So I remember there were a couple of opportunities um that had come up. Maybe it was, you know, some could call it arrogant or some could call it bratty, but you know, I just think it's good business and smart business. Um which was at the time I'd said, you know, I'm not going to be trading my time for an hourly consulting fee. If I'm going to be, you know, in the trenches with you guys and and um, and really helping full time and, and 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 giving this my all. And this was during COVID, so I had the time. I need equity. Um, and and a, a couple of them actually said no, and and I walked away from, 
you know, thousands of dollars of, of hourly consulting fees because of um, having a conviction, conviction, whether or not that's going to turn out to be the right decision or whether or not that did turn out to be the right decision, I'll never know. You know, having these lessons early on in life, and even if it was the wrong decision, the fact that I made one is really going to be empowering when I graduate and, and when I start my practices or when I, when I, you know, move through the dental space because, you know, I'll, I'll have these lessons in my back pocket, which I'm sure with, with trading and, and, you know, reading financial statements and, and actually looking at a balance sheet, um, things normal people and normal dental students don't get exposure to. Um, I feel like that's where it'll make all the difference. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So I would say just going back on that, like, yeah, dental school doesn't really teach you, you know, financial literacy. So obviously by doing these side things, you're not just learning a skill, but you're also meeting new people in different fields. And that might be in the financial sector like you did. And then I met some people through the trading world, um, you know, so I think just getting that exposure, like you said, allows you to think differently a little bit and realize that, you know, trading time for money is, you know, not the way um, because, you know, that's just... I, I don't know, like, it's just that that rat race, right? As everybody calls it, it's just not something that's like exciting to me. Like, I, I don't want to be part of that. So um, yeah, like, I think just putting yourself out there, learning something new, but you also meet new people is like something, you know, that allows you to learn new skills. Like, I, I would I would completely agree with, you know, what, what you said. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like learning new skills, um, will never guide you wrong. No matter how irrelevant you think that skill set is, it will always, if you want to be an entrepreneur, which, you know, 70% of dentists will be in some way or another, you're going to need, you're, you're going to need to be a jack of all trades, right? Like you need to be the finance person. You need to be the marketing person. You need to be the HR person. You need to be the CEO, right? That does the blue sky thinking. Um, but I, I wonder through trading, you're a pretty forward thinking guy you know, where do you foresee those skills coming back and helping you in your dental career? In terms of my dental career, I wouldn't correlate it, you know, directly with dentistry, obviously, because they're, you know, they're two completely different fields. But at the end of the day, let's say, for example, you're aiming to, you know, be a part-time dentist, you know, own a couple clinics here and there, or whatever the case may be, maybe build a dental empire. Um, what are you going to do with this extra capital, you know, that you may have one day? Well, I think trading allows me to understand, you know, how to read a chart, um, how to make the right decisions, when to buy, when to exit a position, you know what I mean? So whether it's not necessarily day trading, I still understand the macro picture when I look at a chart. And so, you know, on a long-term scale, it makes sense to know if, you know, if I want to buy, for example, Amazon stock, right? Like uh, I want to be making sure I'm not buying the Pico top of that stock, right? So just just having that, you know, habit of reading charts on, on a day-to-day -day basis allows you to just make, you know, better financial decisions with this extra capital that you may have one day, right? So I think that's where it's going to make a huge difference. But also, like I said, you know, you're meeting new people, they're giving you different insight on how they made their money. So they're also giving you ways to diversify your income, maybe in terms of real estate, 
you know, like things you never thought of about before because school doesn't really give you that type of exposure, right? Yeah. So through trading, you know, I've met people that have made money in trading, but also invest in real estate or invest. And then there's different types of real estate you can go into, right? There's commercial, residential, whatever the case may be. So I'm just giving a bunch of examples here. Hopefully it makes sense. You know, being exposed is is heavily important because it just gives you that vast knowledge to make the right decisions later on so that you can truly live that passive income life that I think me and you are aiming for, right? Yeah. I think I think you need to be as lazy as possible and earn as much as you can. <laughs> That's well, my philosophy. <laughs> I would agree you want to be lazy later on, but obviously you need to hustle now to make the ends meet later, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had uh, I had dinner um, a couple nights ago uh, with a really brilliant uh, dentist. Um, he's more of an entrepreneur, but he's also a, a practicing dentist. At one point, he owned. I think over nine or 10 clinics. So has done really, really well. And, you know, one thing he had said was when he guides new dentists or, or just, you know, recent graduates and they're looking to buy a practice, he's like, so many people get paralysis of analysis and they just never make that dive in. And, 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 and a lot of people miss is they're trying to time the market. Oh, this practice is, you know, 20,000 too expensive. It's $50,000 too expensive. And he's saying, just treat it like an extension of dental school. Like this is, if you overpay for it, that's your education fee. You know, if you, if you don't, but, but the point is just get in the game because as soon as you get in the game of practice ownership, he said, he's had to scout for none of his practices. He's looked for none of his practices all from a con- come to him. And because he was a practice owner and because he, you know, was just in the game, people just gave him practices like that, like they were like, Hey, we're selling a practice. Do you want to buy? Or, or, you know, it, it's, it just gives him that extra. Um, it just gives him that extra, like to your point, network of people that he can just, you know, talk to bounce ideas off of. And eventually it ended up, you know, being a big reason why he did so well was because he was just in the game. So I think that's probably another point. It sounds like you're making, which is, you know, just be in the space of, of, you know, great minds and, and good things will probably happen. Right. Like they say, you know, there's that famous say, saying, it's like, oh, you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself with. Right. I'm sure you've heard that before. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's you know, it's honestly true. Um, you know, your mindset kind of comes from who you surround yourself with. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the, what I've noticed in terms of, you know, students whether it's students supervisors just strictly dentists right that are not um business owners is more so um the fear of failure is just non-existent or sorry it is existent um at a at an extent that's a bit too high right where they're just not willing to take that added risk of just opening a practice like you were saying right this is too expensive twenty thousand, whatever you're you know the the examples you're giving um and um i think that's kind of that comes because the whole time that you were trying to get into dental school was you just never failed right like you always you you always had to get the high mark yeah so were you really that 50 percent student when you were trying to get to dental school like no that that probably did not happen right so you never really failed like you failed in terms of other people that were trying to get there like you got to 90 the other person got a 95 like sure you can call that a failure right in terms of you know direct comparison to another high achieving student but at the end of the day you're not really 
failing at that per se task, you know? Um, and so I think trading, going back to trading, you know, you're taking losses, a lot of losses when you're initially learning and just going through that curve, that learning curve and experiencing these failures, you know, it kind of desensitizes you a bit. And to me, I think it's taught me a lot in terms of how to look at the future. Because the way I look at it is like, okay, trading, you know, people call it gambling. It's like high risk, right? It's a high risk market, you know, yeah. whether you're trading stocks, you know, foreign exchange, whatever the case may be, it's high risk. Um, now you're going to go and invest into a clinic. Is a clinic really high risk? In my eyes, no, but in somebody yeah. else's eyes that hasn't gone through, you know, that that aspect of things, I, you know, they would say, oh yeah, it's too, too pricey to this, to that, like you said. So I think, you know, by going through these side hustles and learning to fail for real, right. Not just this fake failure, yeah. um, will, will just give you a better outlook and, you know, just allow you to just dive in later on and just, you know, get with it. So I, and what do you think about that? Well, yeah, it's like, when is the last time you saw a dentist go bankrupt? Like never. Exactly. <laughs> it's I had I had one um in one practice management um consultant come on um and we were talking off the air and he's like, dentists are the only ones that are rich enough to be as stupid as they are. Because <laughs> he's like, if 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 you're paying an extra three percent, four percent for sundries or or if you're paying an extra couple of percent for, um, you know, your rent or you're not negotiating your rent properly, you make so much money that it doesn't matter really to your bottom line because you don't notice that on the margins, right? It's like you don't notice that little like two or three percent because you're making, you're bringing in so much cash. And this whole time, it's like when you buy a new practice, like you're buying not only the practice, the patients, the physical location, you're buying the, the free cash flow that's coming in. Right. So this, this, this asset you bought is like actively making money. It's not like a house where it's, you know, just going to appreciate, you know, your house isn't paying you unless you're renting it out, but like your house isn't paying you to just sit there versus if you buy a dental practice, like the cash flow is paying you and it's servicing that, that, that loan, right. You have, um, and, and you're right. It's like learning how to take those risks. I always wondered that about, you know, entrepreneurship or, or other domains. Like if you think of tech startups, like that's like, you either make a billion dollars, you make nothing, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no middle, there's no middle ground. And I listened to, well, you listen to it too, right? All in. Yeah. The all in podcast, great podcast. The all in <laughs> podcast. And Chamath said something and he said, you know, the real flavor of Silicon Valley is not really like, yeah, you're surrounded by really bright people and you're surrounded by, you know, some of the, you know, biggest VCs, but the real spice there and the real, you know, reason why it's, you know, Silicon Valley is because they celebrate failure and they celebrate, you know, the learnings and the lessons you get from failure. And almost every single great entrepreneur, like Elon Musk, like you, you, you name them, like they all have so many failures under their belt, but you just never hear them because their success is just so much, um, or, or way overshadow their, their, uh, their failures. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would completely agree with that. So, so yeah. what about, what about your time management? Like, how do you manage your time juggling? So, so obviously the trading is, is a huge aspect of, of what you do. Like, how do you fit in? I know there's other things you, you do in your day. How do you fit in all of that, you know, with dental school? Yeah. So 
I would say, honestly, before this year, you know, dental school was busy, but it wasn't it wasn't heavily clinic based as it is this year. So this is where I saw the big transition year for me in terms of having to balance, you know, clinics versus, you know, these side hustles, which is trading. Um, and the way I did do it, like I explained to you earlier, is basically I would wake up, sip on a coffee and then basically hop on the charts. Like that's kind of like the main that's how I start my day. And um, I'm looking at the direction for the day. And then basically, I don't have time because I have to go to clinic. I don't have time to enter a position. So I go to clinic, do my thing, and then come back and then hop on the chart again. And when I hop on the chart, if I see a position in the intended direction that I saw in the morning, then I take the trade. Right? So at the end of the day, it's just all risk benefit. So is the is the trade you know worth worth it in terms of how much money I can make versus how much money I could possibly lose? Right, it's all risk benefit at the end of the day. So if it's in the intended direction that I said in the morning, then I find the position that you know correlates with the direction. I'll take it. If not, no trade that day. Right, and there's nothing wrong with not taking a trade. Now we're getting a bit specific in trading, but you know sometimes the best trade is no trade. So yeah, that's kind of how I balance it out. It's it's more a morning and and uh, after clinic time of thing. It's more than anything. There's no real. I mean, I can monitor the chart on my phone throughout patients, which I kind of do in terms sometimes, but not really. Yeah, uh, it, clinic is really a nine to five thing. You you just wake up tad earlier. You know, look at the market direction. Come back at five p.m. You know, even before eating dinner, sometimes I'm hopping on the charts just to try and see if there's something, you know, available. What time, what time are you waking up and what time are you going to bed? Uh, so on a regular day, like a Monday to Friday, um, would be a 6am wake up just so I can have enough time to make that coffee, you know, properly sit down on the charts. You still want to be like slightly awake. The big thing, I don't know if you know, but in trading, like there, you have an edge, you have a mechanical edge and that's like 20% of like, winning a trade and then 80 percent is really the psychology behind it and so at the end of the day you want to be in a good mindset to be able to look at the market because you want to be making good decisions right and so you need a healthy mind you know awake awake mind to be able to make these decisions so wake up at 6 a.m have that coffee and have that time to wake up and then go and have a fresh clear mind to identify the the direction so yeah that's that's basically how i do it yeah <laughs> awesome awesome like what you heard don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen and follow drilling millions on instagram tiktok and youtube for exclusive clips